0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey, you know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> Honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.
2: Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on.
1: This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by OnlineGambling.com, the place to be for all the latest gambling news and tips throughout the NFL playoffs. Visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to get the edge over the competition throughout this year's playoffs. You are Locked on Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast
2: Network, your team every day.
1: Back here again for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team, every single day during the weekday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms out there. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like tomorrow, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So any questions that you have as they pertain to your Carolina Panthers, your cardiac cats, go ahead and get those into me by adding me at Julian council or DMing me at Julian council. But first make sure to click the follow button there on Twitter at Julian council on today's show. going to sit down with Joe person of the athletic or from the athletic. However, it's supposed to be said either way. Joe person covers the Carolina Panthers for the athletic does a fantastic job. He was just named a North Carolina sports writer of the year. So, congratulate him. Send him nice things on Twitter. Don't be mean. Joe does a great job. He's also come on the show a couple of times before. I haven't talked to him since August, right before the season started. So, excited to catch up with Joe. Talk to him about how the season went. The OC search. The quarterback search. Uh, what you should do in the draft. And all things going on here with free agency upcoming with the Carolina Panthers throughout the NFL. So, get that conversation going here on here on Locked on Panthers. also his thoughts on free agency and all things that pertain to your Carolina Panthers. So, going to do all that here. In just a moment after, a message from our friends over at OnlineGambling.com. Hey, Panther fans, we're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving betters the edge. Throughout the playoffs, they're providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. This week, the experts at OnlineGambling.com set me the challenge of picking my divisional round upset. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Got the win on Sunday on the road against Dallas. Held on there at the end after Jimmy G threw a bad interception. But for the most part, he's been awesome the last two weeks. Love Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, that defense that they have there. I'm going to go with the 49ers to get the upset in Lambeau Field this Saturday evening. If you're thinking about backing an underdog in divisional rounds like me, make sure to head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives betters the edge by providing the best and most trusted information to help you make the best decisions possible before placing a bet. That includes their OG tip section where you can see their own underdog picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, onlinegammon.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. All right, as promised, Joe Person of The Athletic covers the Carolina Panthers, and I would be remiss if I don't congratulate Joe, who is the North Carolina sports writer of the year from the year 2021, thanks to the National Sports Media Association. Joe, congratulations, and welcome back to the show. I appreciate it, man. Happy New Year. I don't think I've talked to you since uh, we turned over the calendar no no man you haven't and um also you're too late larry david said the cutoff is january 3rd so happy new (laughs) year to you either way
0: (laughs) listen i absolutely would follow larry david's cue on that so i am way late
1: (laughs) no man but it's good to talk to you of course it's awesome to see you get recognized you and um also adam gold who I've been able to have a relationship with over the last couple of years across North Carolina, and we've got so many great people who work in sports media here, and so I'm happy for you and happy to get to see the recognition because you do a fantastic job covering this team, and that's why I want to catch up with you here today. The last time we kind of spoke in totality about the team was prior to the season. We both had questions about the quarterback and Sam Darnold and what this team would really look like, but we also had expectations that this team would be Around eight or nine wins, and as we know, that did not happen as they finish off 5-12, and 12, losing their final seven games of the season, and now a lot of fans want Matt Rule out of town. Taking an overall look at what happened during the 2021 season, what is your thoughts on the Carolina Panthers and the state of the franchise here on January 19th?
0: Well, they're not great thoughts. Um, it, was, it was a rough year. You're right. I, I was thinking back. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me of my, my prediction. I think I had them at nine and eight. And, uh, you know, if, if McCaffrey stayed healthy, would they have gotten to nine wins? I don't know. They, they weren't a very good football team. The defense was better, but the offensive line was worse than I thought it would be. Um, you know, we, you know, we knew they were sort of shopping in the bargain bins when they went out on the first day of free agency and they, they signed Cam Irving and Pat Elfline, but, I, you know, I don't know. I guess I thought Cam Irving, if he stayed healthy, would be decent, and, you know, he he, he did not stay healthy, and when he was, he you know, he was not very good. And uh, same thing with Pat Elfline. And it was just, just not a good offensive line. And, 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 and as you know, quarterback play was, was poor uh, pretty much across the board with the exception of that, that three-game start by Sam Darnold, which I think really we all can agree was kind of a, a mirage against really bad competition, uh, the Jets and Texans in particular. And then the Saints, uh, you know, on um, day when a bunch of the Saints were out. Uh, so, anyway, <laughs> <here> we, <laughs> either of us were, were all that close on our prediction. So, uh, <laughs> better luck next year.
1: Yeah, seriously. Well, I, I said eight and nine, so I got the losing record right part, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, too. Like, the offensive line, 13 out of 17 games, it had a different combination – No matter the talent on the roster, you're not going to have success there, even if they would have been healthy. I doubt that they would have been good, but I don't think they would have been as bad. Now, the quarterback issue with Sam Darnold, who aside from the first three games, you're right, was pretty bad. And that was a calculated risk the Carolina Panthers made by trading for him. And it seems like that was a mistake, as now they have $18.9 million, thereabouts of a cap hit for Sam Darnold next year if he's on the roster in Carolina. Where do they go from here when it comes to the quarterback position? Knowing that Darnold likely is on the roster, and there's not that great of options coming out of college, and then they might not have the space or the assets to be able to trade for Aaron Rodgers, or Russell Wilson, or a Deshaun Watson if they are made available here this upcoming off season.
0: Yeah, I think I don't want to call it the obvious choice, but I, I do think it'll. I, I do think they'll be in on Deshaun Watson, and that they'll. You know, if if there's a will, there's, there's a way to create cap, salary cap space. And if if you're willing to sort of mortgage the farm in the future and give up, you know, anywhere between three and five future draft picks, you can get it done. And uh, the Panthers were in on him, as you know, back last spring before the the, the legal situation cropped up. They were in on him again. Uh, at least to some degree before the trade deadline, uh, you know, at that point, I think Dave Tepper, as well as, uh, as well as Stephen Ross in Miami wanted to go, you know, have some sort of sit down uh, with Deshaun Watson and that wasn't going to happen. And so all that being said, I really do think, you know, it, it, and talk about desperation, like now we're a, a if pepper was interested last year now they're now they've got another five and eleven five and twelve season staring them in the face with that quarterback play and i think uh you know i I really do think that when that legal situation if if it blows over and I don't mean to say blows over when it's resolved sure I think they're gonna be players now they're gonna be i think there's gonna be more more competition, more suitors maybe than last year because a couple other teams realized that they need a quarterback, be it the Saints, be it the Steelers. Uh, but I think that's where you start. And, and, and I think there'll be other quarterbacks that shake free too, like, you know, much like Matthew Stafford did last year. You mentioned Wilson and Rodgers. You know, if one of those guys, you know, if, if Ross Wilson would go to Vegas or something like that. And then Derek Carr becomes available. Would Jimmy Garoppolo become available? You know, and then we haven't even gotten into the draft and, and Matt Rule's background with Kenny Pickett, which is a whole nother conversation.
1: Yeah, and that's my thing. I'm wondering, because last year, the guys that they went after, you talked about Deshaun Watson. who had the dalliance all the way up to the trade deadline. And also with Matthew Stafford, who rather have gone to the L.A. Rams, which has worked out well for him as they are a team that has a chance to – won a Super Bowl in a wide-open NFC and AFC this year in the NFL, and it didn't seem like they had the appetite to go after a rookie quarterback. And I'm just now wondering, with maybe the limited options, would Matt Rule even be willing to try and take a rookie quarterback? And I know ownership probably plays a role in this too, knowing that he might be in the same position that Matt Nagy up in Chicago was drafting a quarterback that he's only drafting basically for his successor.
0: It is a great question, and it's a fascinating debate um you know as you said they're gonna have more than likely unless they pay someone to take sam darnold off their hands like they did with teddy bridgewater you know darnold's going to be on the roster so is there an appetite for sam darnold and let's just say kenny pick um you know kind of that tandem where maybe darnold starts the first couple games and and you put your free you put your uh 28 million or a lot of it uh, it's salary cap money toward one of the top free agent tackles whether it's armstead in new orleans um cam robinson in jacksonville uh fisher in indianapolis i mean there they're actually is a pretty decent crop especially armstead of uh and orlando brown too uh, with the chiefs who of course uh you know got his way out of baltimore to play left tackle for kansas city he's a free agent all those guys are expensive, so I don't think you can do the free agent tackle route and the Deshaun Watson route, or 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 name some top proven quarterback. But you can do the free agent tackle route and go draft a quarterback in, in the scenario you mentioned, Julian. And I think yeah, I think all of
1: those scenarios are absolutely on the table. I think the only thing for me when it goes to the or comes to the free agent tackle route and. Teron Armstead has proven to be a very good player. I just think back to a couple of years ago with Matt Khalil and how that worked out. And the same thing with the team here in Carolina that probably needs a starting center next year. Pat Elfline's not going to be that guy. And things did not work out. Matt Paredes, for the most part. So it feels like the draft might be the best place to go there in terms of you're trying to hope to have someone for the next 10 years. Now, that's also wishful thinking. Things, things don't always work out. If things always worked out, then teams would never be in a position where they're trying to go out there and find guys via free agency or the draft to replace your players that did not live up to the billing. So that could work out, and the cap space is certainly going to prohibit them, and I'm interested, because Scott Fitter has talked about they can be creative. How much of a role do you think it might play in them being able to re-sign guys like Hassan Reddick or Stefan Gilmore or Dante Jackson? Because the, the talk is all, going be, is all going to be at the quarterback position and also offensive line, but they had a really good defense, and there's some really good players who could be exiting the door, and that could bring them a step back next year if they're not able to bring enough of those guys back. Yeah,
0: you know the interesting thing about this the, this year and this season affecting uh, the 2022 cap was when they were still sitting there. At, you know, again, bit of a mirage in that three and and0 start. JC Horn gets hurt, and they go trade for um, they go trade for uh, Stephon- CJ
1: Hender- Henderson. right? Yeah,
0: CJ Henderson first. You're right. But yeah, then they go get Gilmore and oh well, we only gave up a six round pick yeah correct but you just spent i think it was 6 or 7 million that gilmore had left on the uh on his on, on his salary and then mm-hmm. you got cam newton for a, a, a another 6 million not all both of those like on, on their own it's like okay yeah. but that's 12 million bucks that they could have rolled over into the 2022 cap. And they ended up only rolling over, I think, like four or five million. And so all of a sudden, money that they thought they had earmarked for Dante Jackson, maybe, and Hassan Reddick, I think now, you know, I think they're a lot more limited as to what they could do with their own free agents.
1: I'm wondering of those three, you talk about Hassan Reddick, Dante Jackson, Stephon Gilmore who do you think is most likely to come back to Carolina? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> I'll say Dante Jackson. I don't
0: know how convicted I am in that, but he he is the, you know, he's younger than Gilmore. Um, Gilmore, I think is going to want a shorter deal, which is good and bad. The bad part is you can't spread that, you know, that cap hit out quite as much as you would, on like a four-year deal, for instance, for Dante Jackson, right? Um, I think Hassan Reddick is probably. Let, let me say this: I bet he's the, the least likely to return, and I just say that because you know it's going to be a lot of money. I think uh, they've been grooming Eter Gross Matos, who who when he finally got his chance late in the season looked pretty good, and uh, you know I I don't know I I just you can call me in a month or
1: in March and tell
0: me <laughs> no, look, with that.
1: but that's kind of with, my sense. I agree with you too. I, because I, I think Hassan Reddick's going to the highest bidder. He's had 23 and a half sacks the last two seasons. He's not taking a discount for the Carolina Panthers. And he's also trying to add some more weight to 250. So that lets you know that he's telling all these teams out here, like, hey, I'm going to get bigger and I produced the last two years. So I want the bag. And Redick. then Stefan Gilmore. He's going to want to go somewhere to win for the last couple of years of his career in the quarterback situation in Carolina. As right. unsettled as it is, I don't see him wasting his time trying to figure out and waiting whether Carolina figures that out or not. And Dante would make the most sense to me out of those three to come back. If he does come back more of Joe person in just a moment. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of
2: trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart vision has virtual try on.
1: Let's look over at just the coaching search going on here with the OC and Matt rule. Let's kind of start off with him. David Tapper is yet to speak to the media and to the fan base and tell them why Matt rules coming back for a third season. I think out of principle, unless a quarterback, well, unless the coach is an abject failure in the first two years, like a Joe judge in New York, I don't think they should be fired after only two seasons, at least given three years in the NFL. Now, Matt rules made plenty of mistakes. The quarterback situation not addressing the offensive line properly, and also he's just had bad luck with Christian McCaffrey. And you can look at how he manages the game in terms of timeouts and other situations, and there's a lot left to be desired as he's trying to understand more of the NFL game after spending time in college where he had success at Temple and Baylor. Looking at Matt Rule coming back to Carolina, do you think that was the right decision right now from, your, from what you know about this organization, what you know about David Tepper, and do you have confidence that potentially they could make the right decisions to turn things around here in the upcoming months leading into 2022 season?
0: It, was it the right decision? I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do know that – that, and this is not revisionist history, and you, and you know this. When when Tepper hired Rule, the talk was like, hey, don't you know what happened in Rome or have you ever heard of Rome and it was going to be a rebuild and this guy has done rebuilds elsewhere. And the third year was the big year at Temple and Baylor. Now, is that apples and oranges when when you're talking about Temple football and Baylor football versus the NFL and the NFC South? Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, did I see progress out of the defense this year? I did, of course. You know, Although I I think they still the defense has its own warts in terms of you talked about Reddit wanting to gain weight I mean they're a light athletic group on the edge and and they were so susceptible to that kind of wide power zone uh, you know, running game and all all year long I mean I don't I don't think they really ever got good at teams, teams No. but but. But they regressed on offense, and I think they regressed as a team. When 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 you go from five and eleven, and you you win the same number of games, I don't. Yeah, look, I understand you missed Christian McCaffrey again, but you know the Titans were without Derek Henry. Um, n- name a bunch of other teams that, that had success.
1: I mean, look at, the, look at what happened with the Saints and how I mean, they just ba- barely missed the playoffs. The Raiders right. losing, losing their head coach in the middle of the year and also losing um, Ruggs with the, yes. the situation that happened there. There's, I mean, Tennessee, yeah, we t- I think we said Tennessee. There's so many situations where teams that had bad situations were able to overcome that, which makes you wonder about the coaching prowess of Matt Rule and whether he has the chops to coach here in the NFL. Absolutely.
0: No, it, it's a it's a fair question. It's a it's absolutely a valid point. Thank you for uh, providing a couple other of those examples. I just been reading about Derrick Henry today, and and he's so, like, yeah, they they just went and got the number one seed without pr- their top offensive player. So, um, more on rule. The the other the other more about rules. <laughs> um, uh, where was I going? Okay. Um, the other thing that has would have me concerned, if I'm David Tepper, and, and I know this was a point of emphasis with Tepper during last offseason, third quarter and the lack, seemingly lack of halftime adjustments, or at least lack of um, successful halftime adjustments, that happened again this year. And I, I do like the fact, back to your question about offensive coordinator candidates in the search, I do like the fact that whatever you say about Ben McAdoo, he wouldn't be my first choice, but at least rules going out and talking to guys who had NFL head coaching experience, Jay Gruden and McAdoo in particular, uh, because I still remember Ron Rivera, who had spent his entire career in the NFL as had the majority of his assistants, even so, Ron Rivera said, "I wish I had had a former head coach on my initial Panther staff because it's so hard. There are so many things that you know that you got to jump through the hoops on and be be knowledgeable about that I didn't know as a first time coach. Matt Rule had one year as the Giants assistant offensive line coach. Uh, you know the vast majority of his assistants." had little NFL experience if, if those that did had not been NFL coordinators, let alone an NFL head coach. And so I think he has seen the error of that. And I think that shows up in, in even at, in not little things, but in in ma- big things like halftime adjustments and knowing that you've got 12 minutes in the NFL or whatever it is compared to you know almost a half an hour in college to get things turned around.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the OC search going on right now as they got rid of Joe Brady with about four or five weeks left in the season. And it did not change a single thing because the Carolina Panthers couldn't block anybody and they had no one back there, a quarterback that was capable of taking the top of off of the defense and the regression of Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey being out just pretty much made this one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So according to your reporting so far, the Carolina Panthers have Talked to former head coach Ben McAdoo of the New York Giants. I've also spoken to former head coach of the Washington Redskins, then now football team Jake Rudin, who I actually would not be against that at all. They've also spoken to Clint Kubiak, who was formerly the OC, of the Minnesota Vikings, Mike Rowe and Scotty Montgomery, Mike Rowe formerly OC back in Philadelphia, and now working under Frank Reich there in Indianapolis. Same thing with Scotty Montgomery, the former East Carolina head coach and Duke OC under David Cutcliffe. And of those candidates, and also Pep Hamilton, who's a Charlotte guy, went to West Charlotte, apparently has declined to speak to the Carolina Panthers, which kind of is a red flag to a lot of people considering just how, what black coaches in the NFL, they don't really get the chance, a lot of opportunities to go move up to these coordinator positions. And for someone like Pep Hamilton to say, no, thank you, I'm going to weigh my other options, it kind of raises an eyebrow here in Carolina. Of those, can- I'm sorry. Of those candidates, have you gotten kind of any thoughts of who might be a favorite at the point at this point in time or are they still trying to cast a wide net and kind of come to a conclusion here over the next week or so
0: yeah it's a good question and, and also too I, I later went back and add an addendum to that list they have talked to Texans offensive well former Texans offense coordinator Tim Kelly and Packers quarterback coach Luke Getzey so it is, you know. It's mostly it's mostly younger guys who do have some experience. When you think about a Clint Kubiak and a Scotty Montgomery and a, a Tim Kelly, is youngish, but but uh, you know, I'm 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 fascinated by by these experienced guys, I guess, for the reasons I just told you about. And mm-hmm. you know, Rule tried the up and coming young, you know, offensive guru with with joe brady and i and i think joe brady by the way is a smart guy who is is you know eaten up with football and spends a lot of time at it and has going to be good at it it you know he and rule weren't really on the same page it didn't work out so i'm i would lean toward the experienced guy you know i know bill bill o'brien's name has been mentioned i'd be surprised i, I hadn't been able to I haven't heard whether he's turned it down or if it even got that
1: far. He wants to be a head coach, it seems like.
0: Yeah, right. Like, if you're Bill O'Brien, I don't think coming to a a lame duck situation with the Panthers puts you in a better position than staying with Nick Saban at Alabama at worst. Absolutely. And maybe going somewhere else. But – so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you're you're asking me out of this group of seven – I'd probably go with Jay Gruden um, just with the experience factor. And, uh, you know, I know the head coaching his head coaching stint did not go real well, but I do think he's a pretty good offensive dude.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't hate Jay Gruden. He at least took them to the playoffs with Kirk Cousins, and Washington has been a disaster for the most part under Dan Snyder, who's pretty much tanked that organization in a once-proud franchise. So I give him credit for doing that. I know the reporting from the Washington Post might be a little concerning, but I, I don't really know how much of he plays in that role there. And also with his brother, John Gruden, what came out from there with that situation from the, the findings in, their, in, in the investigation within the Washington football team. But I, I think he would make a, a great candidate just with the head coaching experience. And also he was really good as he bingles OC prior to getting that head coaching job back with the team formerly known as the Redskins. One more quick pause, and I'll close out my conversation with Joe Person after this. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that makes things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and you're renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. Whether you launch your own startup or in working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they got your taxes into it. TurboTax Live.
3: For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender.
1: Now, just a couple more here for you before I let you go, Joe. Uh, Looking at just the situation here in Charlotte, with uh, who has control of personnel, because I think that's one of the things that a lot of fans are wondering about. You look at Seattle, similar structure here from my understanding, and you can please give me some insight here. But Pete Carroll, for the most part, had the final say on things up in Seattle, worked out for a long period of time. Now it looks like they've changed things over, where general manager, John Snyder, has now taken over control of mainly the final say of how they construct their roster How are things here in Carolina when it goes to Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer? And could there be some sort of shift there this offseason, especially after seeing Rule strike out twice when it came to the quarterback situation? And I guess maybe you can even lump in Fitterer there last year as he was a part of the organization when it decided to trade those three picks to bring in Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, so Matt Rule it's in his contract. I mean, he has the final say on on the 53. And I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't two things i don't think he's going to he's going to want to you know rip up his contract and take that out but i also don't necessarily think that there's you know a lot of friction or or there's any sort of fracture there between him and fitter fitter when he was hired i had people tell me that he is sort of a consensus builder you know that he's not a guy that has a huge ego that has to be the guy calling every single shot Scott Fitter ran the draft last year. I mean, there is no question about it. Like, you know, you could tell, yeah, he, it was it was like Seattle's war room, you know, come come east to Charlotte with all the trading up and trading back and mostly trading back. And uh and all, you know, it was it was fascinating to watch. And Matt Rule, I mean he didn't, he didn't, he wouldn't know how to execute that stuff with his back. Is that but 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 I'm not all I'm also not suggesting Matt Rule is just sitting idly by and, and not making his opinion felt. I mean, you know, you can't tell me that Matt Rule didn't have a big say so in having getting Robbie Anderson extended before the season in, mm-hmm. in a decision that now looks uh, flawed based on. on production by Robbie Anderson. So yeah, Matt Rule has a strong voice in it. Like that's his thing. Like he, he, when, when you come from college, most of those guys do, they want their hands in on everything from nutrition to weightlifting to, um, you know, the training room, all of it, and, and including personnel. But I do, if, as I said, I, I don't think Fitter is the type of guy that, and I think that's part of the reason they hired him, that he was, and, to say he's just like gonna nod and be a yes man, but he is a dude who can work with folks and and kind of you know not be threatened when Matt Rule wants to have his say so on on specific personnel moves.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, because, I mean, it's obviously an important offseason for Matt Rule, Scott Fitter, I think, if things go sideways, we will still have a job here come 2023. If Matt Rule is not able to get this team to the playoffs or if David Tepper decides to move on, I believe Scott Fitter will still be here in Carolina. It also depends on how things go. So that's just one of the things I was curious about. And just last thing here, and I meant to ask you this earlier, your colleague Dane Brugler from The Athletic uh, had came out with his mock draft today, mocking Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State to the Carolina Panthers. Same thing happened with Mel Kuyper Jr. He mocked Charles Cross. Just your thoughts right then and there. As we talked earlier about the left tackle situation and is potentially there, did, did that, would that make a ton of sense to you in terms of the Carolina Panthers if they went tackle, especially after whatever, if they were able to fill their other needs via free agency? Yeah,
0: I, 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 I agree with what we were, you, you were saying earlier and what we talked about. It, it, it seems like the better way to go like the Jordan Gross model, if you will. Like yeah. Your tackle high and then go, you know, sign Jake DeLone. In this, in this, uh, um, so, so I think you look at Evan Neal at Alabama and uh, Iguanu at, at NC State and uh, Charles Cross, who, as you said, uh, our guy mocked. And, and there may be another one, but those seem to be the, the consensus top three. And one of those guys is going to be... Frankly, I was a little surprised in in Brugler's mind that the other two guys were off. And so the Panthers had to take Cross at six or be left out in the cold. I thought that was a a fascinating look at it. And Dane does does a hell of a job, you know, researching and, and talking to people. So, but it's early. I mean, God, you know, my goodness, anything can happen. But I do... I think that's probably the path back to uh, the playoffs for the, for the Panthers. And, and here's the thing, though, like sustain, sustained success. Like we heard so much about sustained success. And so the left tackle is a big piece of that. And, and you're right. You go out and you get a free agent and a guy, you know, several of those guys are on the wrong side of 30. And it's, it's a pretty big gamble. But you got to, you know, you got to get the quarterback right, too. Like, it's one thing to take Charles Cross and, like, okay, now we can bump Brady Christensen into left guard, and we're going to go sign some right guard of whomever from in free agency, and, and we're feeling okay about offense flying. Mm-hmm. Great, but you still got Sam Darnold if you haven't done anything in quarterback position. So, I think it's going to be kind of a one-two combination, and – really really fascinated by how this is
1: yeah it's almost as if it would have been better had the carolina panthers just stuck with teddy bridgewater and continue to build the roster instead of mortgaging draft assets and hoping that they could turn around a quarterback who was terrible for three years in new york and ask him to come to carolina and be better which as we saw did not work out so no, you
0: they absolutely <laughs> should have kept teddy we'll we'll, we'll discuss that another.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate your time as always, Joe. You do a great job covering this team. And again, congratulations on being named the North Carolina Sports Writer of the Year. Folks, go out there and follow him on Twitter, at Joseph Person, again, of The Athletic, covering the Carolina Panthers. Big crap beer guy as well. So if you ever need a crap beer recommendation, go over to Joe. And you should be subscribing already to The Athletic. It's not that much money, and honestly, they do a great job covering not just the Panthers, but all sports teams, even across overseas. If you're a big EPL fan like myself, you can go check out your teams overseas in Europe. So thanks again to Joe Person for joining me on the show. Joe, thanks as always, man. You do a great job. Uh, Hope to catch up with you soon.
0: I appreciate it, Julian. Holler at me anytime, man.
1: Great conversation there with Joe Person from The Athletic who covers the Carolina Panthers. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Joseph Person. Does a fantastic job covering the Carolina Panthers. Has been writing a lot of things lately. Had that great piece on what was going on at the Carolina Panthers and just the thoughts of whether Matt Rule is the right guy here in Carolina. He will also be the man to follow as we continue to see who will be the next OC here in Carolina, along with the other three staff hirings that Matt Rule needs to make. And hopefully, being able to find the right quarterback and finding a new offensive line and what happens throughout the draft. So, check him out throughout the offseason over there on The Athletics. So, follow him on Twitter again at Joseph Person. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network with yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. And also, check us out on Spotify and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter as tomorrow is friday which means it's time for the weekly friday mailbag so go ahead and either at me or dm me at julian council whatever questions that you have as they pertain to your carolina panthers until then thanks for listening stay safe and i will talk to y'all on friday
2: Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates
1: Use Clorox products as directed.